Okay, uh, pleased with, uh, for the most part, how we played on Saturday. I thought we took a step forward uh, offensively in a lot of respects. Uh, we still got a ways to go, but uh, saw improvement in things we needed to see improvement in, most particularly the, the, uh, the throw game, getting the ball up the field a little bit better. Uh, special teams seemed a little bit more settled. We didn't do anything spectacular on special teams, but but uh, it was a good outing special teams-wise. Uh, defense, other than the first first part of the game, played well, um, and then uh, settled in. And you know, we had a shutout in the second half, obviously, which which was uh, good to see. Uh, Northern Illinois, good football team, well coached, and I think they're going to win a lot of games this year. So uh, now we move on to the last non-conference game this week. Uh, got Idaho State coming to town. Um, you know, they just have the one game this year that they played last week. And then, uh, you know, so we'll draw upon that and uh, we'll move on and see what we do. Questions? What did the film tell you about short yardage offense? Yeah, short yardage offense was not a strong suit. Um, we had too many linebacker run-throughs and safety run-throughs. You know, we got to do a better job with our offensive line, keeping our eyes and our head up, and and seeing those run-throughs and, and hitting that movement. And they gave us a lot of movement in general. And uh, that typically is a feast or famine type of a defensive scheme. You know, you're either going to make a big play in the backfield or have a, a crease that you give up. And uh, they did a nice job with those blitzes. We did not do a nice job picking them up. And so, short yards-wise, we weren't as good as we need to be. 37 runs to 19 throws. I'm wondering what's what goes into the decision-making process with asserting yourself on offense versus taking what the defense is giving you. Well, it's you know you have a plan going in based on what you've seen on tape, and then you know you got to get a feel for what they're doing for you, and that's if they've changed or you know what their mo is going to be that particular game. Also, when you get a lead, it lends itself to more running the ball at the end. You know, so if you're, uh, you know, if the game's in the balance or you're playing catch up, you know, you're going to be throwing the ball towards the end instead of eight, nine, ten straight runs, and so that kind of skews things. And so I think I don't think we're that far off. I think uh, when the game is in the balance uh, and and uh, you know we're running the offense, I think it's pretty it's pretty pretty even. But but uh, it does get a little bit out of whack when you when you shut it down in the fourth quarter and just run the football. Kyle, can you kind of expand? This is obviously the last non-conference game. What do you want to get short up before the SC game and Pac-12 play the rest of the way? Well, first of all, to win the game. I mean, that's that's the number one objective. But as far as things to get short up, uh, short yardage run, as Kurt pointed out, we need to we need to be better in short yardage situations, running the football, or just converting, not necessarily running, but converting those short yardage situations. Um, like to see our, you know, we were outstanding in the red zone. We were five for five. So therefore, no field goal attempts. You know, I'd like to see where J you know Jane Redding is field goal wise. Give him a few shots, although we'd rather not because we'd rather score touchdowns, but it would be nice to see him kick a few field goals this week, see where he's at. Um, defensively, um, you know, I think we're, we're doing a pretty good job on defense. There's no real one glaring area that needs to be fixed. And so just uh, keep playing consistently there, and, and uh, that'd probably be the, the best answer I can give you. Uh, Coach, what's your general opinion of playing FCS schools? And just how does that uh, mainly benefit your team? Yeah, uh, there's a lot of debate. Not a lot of debate out there, but there's there's you know arguments whether or not you should do that. Um, 
you know, I think it, uh, it certainly benefits the FCS school financially. I mean, you know, it's a, it's a payday for them, and, and uh, you know, we've we've done a lot of those FCS schools in state, you know, with Weber and, and Southern Utah in years past. Not a lot, but a fair amount. And so I don't know. I, I think that uh, there needs to be probably needs to be some uniformity as to the stance on that with the Power Five schools. And and uh, but right now, where there's there's no uh, guidelines or, or or mandates, you just you know do whatever whatever uh, you want in those scheduling of those three non-conference games. And and uh, so I don't have a great answer other than I'd like to see it be uniform. I'd like to see it be a standard. Uh, Situation where not only that, but with as I've said before, the number of conference games. I think there's a two or you know a few things that need to be standardized uh, with scheduling in the uh, in the Power Five conference conferences. Kyle, what's impressed you about Julian Blackman's transition to the free safety position, and is was he kind of a guy that you maybe always envisioned in that spot when he got here? Or is it one of those things where he just needed to show you guys what he could do at corner, and then versus the need at safety yeah. at the time, that kind of thing? Well, it's always the the uh, priority is is getting the best four or five in our case because we play a nickelback uh, a slot corner out there and so it's the best it's a matter of getting the best configuration that you can get your best athletes out there we didn't always have that in the back of our mind to move him to safety but uh, as things evolved and he, he kept getting bigger you know he's a big kid he's over 200 pounds uh, almost outgrew the corner spot but but uh, He's made a, a great transition. He looks like a natural. He's got a, you know some inter couple interceptions already. He's he's where he's supposed to be, uh, you know, as far as his his positioning. He's got a great natural instinct for that uh, for that position, and uh, he's a ball hawk. You know, he's got very good ball skills. And back to the original thing of getting the best five out there, it makes sense for us getting our best five out there to to make that move and. And uh, Tariq Lewis has held up, and Josh Nurse. Don't want to forget Josh because both those guys have played very well for us on the outside so far. Big, bigger tests to come, of course, a lot bigger. Kyle, you played the last game, obviously without some key guys like Orlando and Lecky and that. Do you anticipate having them back this week? We hope. Uh, don't know for certain right now. That's uh, something that's up in the air, and uh, it would be nice to to get all those guys back. Some other guys played that were a little bit banged up, but but. Uh, seem to come out of it okay so we're okay health wise right now I think we're in a good spot relative to where we are in the season and what's ahead of us you seemed a little uh, perturbed with the lack of attendance at the game or the size of the crowd uh, any more thoughts on that and no no more thoughts games? just like it's nice to see all the seats filled that's all and yeah it's just, and I know the timing of the game wasn't ideal for our fans and and uh, you know, there's a lot going on in the league football, uh, and so, you know, selfishly, like we said, we like to play in the morning, but but it's probably not the best for our fans. But no, no elaboration on that. Have you seen, or how many true freshmen have you seen make a debut the way Kidon Slovis did, throwing the ball all over the place? Yeah, that was impressive. That was very impressive. But we'll worry about that next week. You obviously talked about how well Tyler did um, on Saturday, but now that you've looked at the tape, I mean, what what's kind of standing out to you in terms of how he's making that leap as a senior, as maybe as opposed to last year or the years before that? His confidence. He's got a great deal of confidence right now in what he's doing. He's got a, a great grasp of what Andy's scheme is all about, and Andy's 
done a great job with Tyler. He's in the top 10 in the nation in QBR, which is the real, that's what you pay attention to. If you want to know how your quarterback's playing, look at the QBR. That's the best analytic or evaluation of how your quarterback is, is helping your team out and contributing. And right now he's in the top 10, and that says a lot. That says a lot for him. He's, uh, he's making good decisions. He's being patient. He's not trying to force the ball into spots where you shouldn't be forcing it. Uh, he's being very judicious with his running. He hasn't, uh, you know, he's been, you know, he took one big shot a couple weeks ago, but, but uh, for the most part, he's being much more uh, intelligent about uh, his decisions in the run game, you know, him when he personally carries the ball. How did uh, starting your career with those six years at Idaho State shape you? Yeah, that's a good question. I don't know. I, I can't, I don't know if I have a great answer. I know it was, it was, uh, uh, excellent experience for me because I was able to be the special teams coordinator the first four years and then the defense coordinator the second two years so or the last two years and so it was uh, an opportunity because I, I didn't know a whole lot about special teams and and to be able to be thrust in that role because our guy that was the special teams coordinator resigned like just a month or two ahead of the season and so I just kind of got thrown into that and and uh, it was a it turned out to be a great experience and then uh, you know, coaching linebackers. That's all I coached there my entire time there was linebackers, but had the added responsibility of coordinator this, the, the last two years, like I mentioned. So I think it was uh, it was very good for my development and uh, learning. You know, I was just a young coach that didn't know didn't know what he was doing and, and forced to learn pretty quickly. All the losing did that uh, sour you on the profession at all? Uh, no, it was a tough. You know, it was a tough. Uh, six years in a lot of respects and that you know as far as the, the wins and losses being at the top of it but but uh, and it was it was a little bit frustrating but but uh, I was just excited to have a job and just be in the profession and so at that time I was just elated to have a group of guys to coach last one on that theme do you remember the very first game at Utah any anything about that I do I do I hadn't thought of it until you just mentioned that but it was uh, it was our opener that very first year 1988 I believe it was and, and uh, I think we hung around for a quarter or two and then kind of got run out of the stadium which you'd expect but but uh, I do remember that uh, that uh, it was a you know a pretty uh, exciting experience for me to be in a, a stadium, and, you know, that size and a team, you know, like Utah and being in that, in that environment was pretty cool. The QB2 position, uh, the battle between Lisk and Shelley, what do you want to see from those two this week moving forward? Uh, well, just performance in practice. I mean, good decisions, uh, run the team the way it needs to be run, the offense, um, being, uh, you know, with, with, Preparation-wise, all the film study. There's a lot that goes into it. There's there's many factors that go into that decision. And Andy just felt last week that Drew had had the better week of preparation, and had performed the best. And it was close. It wasn't like it was, uh, uh, you know, just a, a completely one-sided decision. But you know, it's all about competition and preparation and, and doing things the right way. And and Drew had an excellent week, so he got the nod. Kyle, you're the only team in FES that has not had a turnover or given up a sack. Does that kind of tie into what Tyler Huntley's doing well, or could you elaborate on why you're so successful in those regards? Well, yeah, Paul mentioned that as we were walking down the hall to come to here this meeting. I didn't under, I didn't realize that we were the only school. I knew we hadn't given up a sack or a, a turnover, but I didn't know we were the only school that hadn't. Um, I think that 
you know, Andy's philosophy on offense, number one, first and foremost, above everything else, take care of the football. And uh, we've proven to do that in these first two weeks. Uh, back to Tyler making good decisions and getting rid of the ball on time. You know, that's helped in, in, uh, in uh, making for the, the zero sacks to this point, as well as his elusiveness. He's had some situations where a guy not as athletic as him might have got sacked, but he's athletic enough to escape some of those pressures. And so it's, uh, you know, it won't last forever, but it's, it's been two good weeks of that, and, and we'll see. You know, we'd love to extend it, but, you know, realistically, that's not going to be something that we can do the whole season, obviously. So we'll see, though. Can you analyze the running backs behind Moss, how they're performing, what mm -hmm. you like, and how they stack up? Yeah, Jordan Wilmore is very dynamic. I was giving him a lot of accolades during fall camp. Still feel the same way. He's he's got a, he's a guy that's got a, an elusiveness to him and a, and a great uh, feel for for uh, not feel for but vision. He's got he's got exceptional vision. Uh, he's powerful. You know, he's five nine, two hundred and five pounds. You know, low center, a lot, lot like Zach Moss in a lot of respects. Um, just really impressed with him so far. Now he's behind, obviously, Zach, and that's, you know, as far as the rest of the season, that's how it'll stay, barring injury or unforeseen things. But but he's uh, he's really impressed in a short time here. Devin Brumfield, tough as nails, exceptional pass protector. You know, if you watch closely in the game, you saw him pick up a blitz or two and really stonewall the guy that was, uh, that was blitzing. Smart player, exceptional special teams guy as well. He's contributing there. Uh, DHC, Devontae Henry Cole, uh, he's got some quickness and speed to him as well. And uh, a lot like uh, Jordan as far as low center of gravity and, and really put together, not very tall, but thick. Uh, TJ Green just barely got healthy. He's been out for several weeks and, and he only got the one carry in the game on uh, Saturday. But he was starting to come on at the end of last season. He really started to, to uh, contribute and, and do some good things. He's not back to where he needs to be 100%. And then uh, who am I missing there? Who? Oh, Vickers, yeah, he's a slot receiver that has got the ability. He's he's kind of a tweener. You know, he's, he's part running back, part slot receiver, and so he's a guy that uh, every week's going to have a package for him specifically, and he'll line up in the backfield at times. And and uh, you know, he's a guy that's got a, a skill set that that uh, Andy and I've said this before. He seems to have a way of really maximizing and finding a role for everybody that that has a potential contribution to make and so Vickers I think you're just starting hopefully to see uh, the beginnings of what he can do because he was hurt also during fall camp he missed a lot of fall camp I'm sure you're tracking most, if not all, of the advanced stats that, that have become kind of popular over the years. But what, maybe from your side, all what, the tracking all the what? Advanced stats, maybe just more of the, you know, the, I guess breakdowns and passing and the air yards or whatever those may be. Um, now that those things are becoming a little bit more prevalent in in maybe regular people, not coaching staffs, do you do you feel like that changes maybe how fans can view the game or maybe how you're able to convey how well your team is doing to other people? Uh, you're talking like pro football focus and all those things. Yeah, yeah, we, we utilize those things and have for a lot of years. They seem to be, like you just said, more more prevalent than than ever before. Uh, I think it's a you know it's a good barometer in a lot of cases to to determine how well players are doing. It's not always you know the, the statistics can lie a little bit at times, just like you know they always have. But but uh, we use them and they're more accessible to the fans now, I guess. 
and uh, you know we'll just continue. We use them uh, on both sides of the ball, and we also use them for self scout. You know, scouting our own selves, which is as important as scouting your opponent. You know, if you don't know what your opponent knows about yourself, then you know you're you're missing out. So. You have these uh, 16 players scheduled to graduate in December. How have you created this culture where that's the norm to be able to graduate in your middle of your senior year? Well, we emphasize it, and that's uh, usually what you emphasize you're going to get within reason. And we uh, we put a premium on academics and education, and not to say we're the only one that's do that, but or in the country that does that. But we 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 continually harp on it and preach it. We have an outstanding academic support team across the street there that, that is on top of their game, uh, you know, with the tutors and the learning specialists and that type of thing that are very devoted and committed to what we're doing. And, and our players now, it's become ingrained in our culture and it's a source of pride for them. I mean, it, it's not uncool to be a good student here. It's cool to be a good student, which is great to see. And I appreciate you bringing that up because that's the main reason they're here is to graduate. And like you said, they're going to be graduating this December. Kyle, last week you said that jerseys and jersey numbers aren't really a thing to you as uh -huh. probably an old school guy. But with this younger generation, it seems to be, uh, you know, a topic of, you know, they like jerseys, they like social media. And I'm wondering from your standpoint, at one point did you realize that you needed to expand as a staff to kind of expand your horizons even on the recruiting front? Because this is something that has changed, I think, within the last decade where you can get to kids in different ways, whereas in the past it was probably just a phone call or an in-house visit. You can elaborate on that when you talk about expanding on numbers. just expanding your overall staff of you know your your social media team you know giving the the equipment oh, guys okay. you know so much free reign to be able to do different things and promoting what they yeah. have going on it's just so different compared to what it was it, just about ten definitely, years ago. I see what you're saying. Yeah, the, the social media aspect of it is. Uh, is a huge part of recruiting and not only for us to have a social media staff to put our brand out there I guess you could say but for our assistant coaches to really be tuned into social media and be adept at you know navigating through the different mediums that are out there because I'm not I stink at it I'm just telling you right now and so it's good to, and I get guided in the right direction and, and they help me with some things but but it's definitely a part of uh, recruiting the athletes nowadays a huge part maybe the number one part I mean that's that's maybe the most important thing uh, as far as communication and, and interacting uh, as far as the uniforms there was just magically more uniforms in our building than before I don't know how you know I wasn't say hey we need more uniforms they just more colors more helmets more different variations that just kind of happened with without me paying attention to it not to diminish our Under Armour because our Under Armour sponsorship and partnership has been great they treat us awesome but that's just something that's never been a, at the forefront of my mind. Do you do you remember back in the day was this a, was that a theme among players that they would be. I mean, generally, you can correct me if I'm wrong, you probably just had home and aways back in the day. Oh, yeah, that was there, it. The people weren't particularly stoked with nope. red or white nope. or blue or white. Nope, there was no, no, you didn't even think about it. I mean, you just knew that if you're home, you're wearing this color, and if you're away, you're that color. And same thing with, uh, you know, when you went to your opponents, you know exactly what they were going to be wearing because they wore it every week. And so that was a lot more standardized back in the day, back in the day, yeah. <laughs> okay, guys, thank you for your time.